Welcome back to the Slasher Siblings Podcast. I'm your co-host, Cicely. I'm your host, Hayden. Today we're talking about Creep Show, one of Hayden's birthday picks. Um, came out in 1982. It's rated R. It's two hours. Got a 6.8 out of 10 on IMDb. And if you don't know what it's about, it's about five grisly tales from a kid's comic book about a murdered father rising from his grave, a bizarre meteor, a vengeful husband, a mysterious crate's occupant, and a plague of cockroaches. Not a plaque of cockroaches. And we'll get right into it. Um, the question from last week, what 1981 sequel is the feature film directorial debut of James Cameron? Answer, Piranha 2, The Spawning. Oh, yikes. What? You don't like that? Piranha 2? I don't think I've seen it. Good job if you got that. I didn't know it. I actually didn't even know the answer until you just read it. Oh, so. I knew it. Because I read it. Um, yeah, we're doing Creep Show today. And it is one of my favorites. We used to watch it all the time as, as kids. Oh, yeah. And uh, like she said, there's five stories. So this might be a little bit of a longer episode. I don't know. We'll see how it all We'll see how out. that goes, yeah. And... Since there is five stories, I kind of broke them up into each story, I guess. Uh, do you have anything you want to say before we get into it? Um, I really like this a lot. Yeah. I like Creepshow. Yeah, me too. And it was very much a vibe. And I rented it for, what, two days? So I'm going to watch it again later. Yeah, might as well. One of those. So... We'll just start off with the first story, which is Father's Day. Uh, the opening start has like a creepy, intense vibe, and it's where they're like, the the father is yelling at the boy for having the creep show comic book, uh-huh. whatever. It's like very tense, extremely creepy, because he's like. Uh, my son will not be reading this crap and he slaps him and stuff and they're fighting and whatnot. like it's just so such a as soon as it opens it's, it's so tense yeah it gets like you, immediately immediately yeah and plus you see the uh, the creeper outside the window and uh-huh. stuff so it's like really creepy I like when he turns into the comic exactly that's what I was, that was my next thing the comic style open credits and uh scene switches or whatever yeah I like in it was between really cool. stories it switches to that comic book style uh animation yeah it's really which cool. is awesome that's one of the reasons that i like this movie so much because of that it's really cool to especially for an 80s movie oh yeah to switch i thought from, it was really good yeah so, to start the actual story, uh, I really liked uh, Aunt Bedelia's story, where they're all talking about what happened, and 
how they kind of helped cover up for her a little bit, I guess. Yeah. And I like the interaction between those four family members. They're all, like, they're trying to mess with her new husband and so on and so forth while trying to tell the story of what actually happened. I also liked, even though it's awful, I liked the scene with the father's murder. Because <laughs> he did a great job of, like, showing the reason why she, like, went insane. Because <laughs> that would drive me crazy, too. Yeah. Him beating on the chair and yelling, I want my cake and stuff. Like, yeah. I get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> sense and then there's uh bedelia's visit to her father's grave because she you know has the guilt from killing him and stuff but uh i always liked it because i thought it was funny how the way she's like confessing mm-hmm. and she's like talking to him like it's your fault and I picked up the ashtray and smacked you with it, but it's your fault. Yeah. Like, it's just the way that, like, she's saying that. I just always thought it was kind of lighthearted in a way, because it's kind of funny. But then all of a sudden, the father comes back to life. You see the hand shooting out of the grave and the, yeah. the dirt. The first time I saw that, it actually made it scared the crap out of me. I was <laughs> Did it not, really? I was not expecting a hand to pop out of the dirt. That's always creepy. I know. It's just straight. I think they do it in a... Uh thriller right yeah Pew. not quite like so sudden yeah but yeah it's it's just like that and she's literally talking to him and then all of a sudden the hand comes out too which is i'd shit my pants <laughs> yeah uh then there's the scene where hank is investigating like where aunt Bedelia is and I always thought it was funny because he's like walking through this creepy graveyard and he finds his bottle of alcohol on the ground and the way he just shrugs his shoulders and goes to drink yeah. it and he falls into the grave. I always thought that part was funny too. But it's whenever he finds Aunt Bedelia. Well, first the, the gravestone starts to move and he, he's just like, don't move yeah (laughs) he like pulls her body on top of him it's just so it's just so i couldn't imagine being in that situation Mm -mm. i don't know what i would do Mm -mm. that's so weird definitely weird and then he gets killed by the father i guess he got his answers that he wanted (laughs) (laughs) I, I i guess uh then the mom finds Miss Danvers, the the maid or whatever. She smacks her head on the glass. And I didn't write it down, but there's a moment where, like, right before she closes the door, that her eyes close. Like, the actress's eyes close. Oh, really? Yeah. But she's supposed to be dead or whatever. But I didn't even notice. Her death is probably the quickest one out of this story. All of a sudden, he just snaps her neck. Yeah. And then it goes straight into her head being the Father's Day cake. That has to be, like, the most... I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, that's just, like... Like, walking into 
a, a, a zombie holding your mother's head on a dish yeah, like, with, like, frosting do? and what candles. What do you do in that situation? I don't know. Do you just go with it and you're like, thanks? I, I mean, I would probably do what they did and scream. The the guy, the brother's scream always makes me laugh. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the way he screams. It, it made me laugh every time. Uh, but, but, yeah, that was the end of Father's Day. Uh, one thing I really liked about it is the flashback storytelling. Like I said, talking about, you know, Aunt Bedelia's story about how she killed her father and stuff yeah i really like the flashback kind of thing what did you like about that first story um i don't know i i pretty much liked everything about it i think um i liked that it was all kind of kind of comedic like yeah. it wasn't completely serious you it know wasn't what I mean? completely comedy the whole time yeah. yeah i get what you mean yeah yeah that one was i was so i really like that one yeah. yeah okay so we'll get into the lonesome death of jordy barrel who was played by stephen king by the way oh who wrote creep show yeah but he, he plays jordy barrel okay i don't even notice um this one's the bizarre meteor one for the people that don't know and the, for the people that don't know this, this is played by Stephen King, who wrote this. Um, he wrote all the Creep Show. Yeah. He wrote the original books that this is based on. Mm, so. Okay. Uh, so, the meteor lands and burns Jordy. I always liked that scene because of the way Stephen King is like acting. He actually did a pretty good job with this one. Um, I guess he was told to act like Wiley e. Coyote yeah. for this, which he does. <laughs> and he's like slapping his face while he's rubbing it. And yeah. Like the way he talks and stuff. He did an excellent job for this, but I always thought that it was cool to see like the special effects for the meteor landing was really good. Uh-huh. For being in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the effects for the whole movie was, like, really good. I know. But it was, like, Stephen King, so. That's true. It's gotta be. And George Romero. It's gotta be good. Yeah. And, uh, the fact that it burns his fingers kinda starts off in a way that's like, shit's gonna go down now. (laughs) Like, you don't... I guess with Jordy, you kind of don't really think about it right away. But it is kind of like, you did it now, you're screwed. You fucked yourself. Exactly. And then he, you know, finds the meteor and he has that college dream. I always thought that the college dream uh-huh. and the doctor dream and stuff was really funny. But the first college dream where he is talking about uh, selling the meteor and he's like, Keep accounting. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that their interaction. Keep accounting. And then he breaks the meteor with the water. I mean, I get it. Jordy isn't very smart, but you gotta think. You don't put like an extremely hot dish into cold water, 
You, know you just what I mean? don't do that. You just don't do that. That's gonna make it break, it shatter. I was always more scared of that happening as a kid. Me too. I was you always I mean? afraid of like taking it out of the dishwasher, dishwasher and, and like putting getting it, it or like getting a drink and putting putting like milk in a cereal bowl. Yeah. And shattering the bowl or something. I know. Why do? Why were we so scared of that? Like, I don't know. I literally would be. They, Dad would be like, "Put the dishes away." I'd be like, "I'm thirsty." <laughs> I gotta wait, cause I'm gonna crack this glass. I'm gonna throw it in the uh, freezer. Literally, and it still didn't break. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he breaks the meteor. Should have figured that would happen. But now he has a new college dream, which I thought was funny. He's like, "You think we want to pay for a broken meteor? I wouldn't give you two cents." Like, I'm pretty sure that they would still buy it, even if it was broken. Even if it was broken. It's a meteor. Period. Yeah. It doesn't who, matter if it's four. Who has ten. that? Yeah. Exactly. So, broken, not broken. Whatever. I don't think it really matters. Yeah. But, he first notices his fingers are... They're kind of green. They're uh -huh. starting to turn into the plants yeah. or whatever. And that's after he was when he was drinking a Snapple but the funniest part is the doctor dream mm -hmm. it's not only the same guy from the college just in like a doctor suit but it's like funny when he's running his finger down the uh -huh. this is gonna be extremely painful yeah. Mr. Verrill I was like Ugh, the way sad. he draws that line out Get, makes my skin crawl just thinking of his fingers being cut off with a butcher knife. Ew. Yuck. I mean, that has that would be extremely, extremely painful. Yeah. Regardless. The grass is starting to spread outside. Uh-huh. I always thought that that was cool how they did that. There was so much plants so, and shit I thought that outside. was awesome. I know. Like, how the hell did they do that? Yeah. That's so cool. And it's also spreading on his body, too. I know. I was like, this is a little cool. Like, it's, it's, it was on, it started on his fingers with little blisters, yeah. and now it's like it up his up. arm, and yep. he's starting to get like a, like a goatee or a beard Stone or whatever. All over his head. Yeah, so it's cool the way they showed the eventual, you know, takeover of yeah. the plants, which was cool. The dad appears in the mirror, which was also the doctor and the college professor or whatever. <laughs> so that kind of explains why in his dreams the, the college professor and the doctor were like so mean. It's because yeah. it was his dad. And the scene where he's looking at the water and he jumps into the tub his dad was trying to tell him like that's what it wants it wants you to get in the water yeah because you're gonna you're gonna get more get more if you do that he's like ah i'm already dead anyway so what's it matter and he jumps <laughs> in the tub and that's thought, probably what i would do probably like, eh, whatever and then jordy ends up shooting himself with a shotgun that is kind of like an abrupt halt to the story it was like it was a pretty funny while being creepy 
movie or story. Yeah. But it's just like at at the end. Boom. Done. Like over. I didn't done. expect that. No, me either. And the very first time I saw it, I saw like the grass moving when he was like moving his body. And I'm like, what the hell's Ew. under the grass? And then he, I was like, holy shit. I really liked like slapstick type humor slash horror in this uh-huh. one. Because it is very creepy to see like the, the, you know, the plants taking over and whatnot. But it's very like slapstick humor. Not yeah. too much of like forcing it. It's just kind of things happen organically and yeah. they're funny what do you like about that one obviously all the plants i was like yeah i wouldn't mind dying like this <laughs> you know what i mean i was yeah, like this, kinda this is kind of all right this is kind of your story yeah well on to the next one is something to tide you over no the the old guy yeah that is the guy from scary movie yes that's that's but, who i'm talking about but ted danson's the young guy he's the young guy yes sorry but the thing i was is, talking about the old guy the thing is the old guy has always looked like that literally always i was like he popped up and i was like uh i know you i have never not seen him with like gray hair and uh-huh. older. <laughs> he's been he is looked he like that for like 60 years i don't know i don't think at oh, this really? point i don't think he is I think he died. Well, Scary Movie came out 2000. Well, was that the third? I don't know. He was, we'll in, the, he was in all of them. No, the third one. It was he wasn't the in the Scary fifth movie. one. He wasn't in the fourth one? It was definitely Scary Movie 3. Because yes, because the, the War of the Worlds. Remember, like, he shot the ray with shot everyone's clothes off. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um. So something to tide you over with Ted Danson, which is the young guy. Yeah, he is from like CSI and stuff. Oh. Yeah, he has. I was gonna say I know that. Yeah. He now has the gray hair. So weird. He looks completely different. But uh, yeah. So Harry is confronted by. Leslie's character, uh, Richard, and he he says the I can bench press three hundred pounds. Move your foot, you're gonna lose half of it. <laughs> I always thought that that was like a corny but also cool threat. Yeah. Because it was like <laughs> I can stupid. bench press three hundred pounds. Like Fuck it was, you. It was like very corny, but then it was like, what if he actually could? Yeah. Like rip off half of his foot. What if he did? Like that's pretty in- that's pretty intimidating while being corny at the same time. I thought that was I always liked that. And then he takes you know, he he they talk about, "Oh, you better come with me or something bad's going to happen to Rebecca." And he takes him to the beach to find her. But really, he finds a hole in the beach. Yeah. That has to <laughs> I don't know. It's just the Showing up to a beach and just seeing a hole in the ground with like, no one around. Yeah. Has to be like one of. Has to be everyone's like fear. And like. Some dude just taking you to a beach, not oh, a soul in sight. Oh, that's one of my worst fears for sure. And then there's a hole in the ground. Yeah. How many things can happen right now? You I know just what I don't mean? understand how he got you in the hole. Right, well, the gun. Like, but... run. Yeah. 
beat him up. He's an old guy. True, but he did have a gun. So, but I think that he should have fought a little yeah, harder. Yeah, it did. It didn't seem like he fought very hard. No, he didn't. And then Harry has to jump in and bury himself. <laughs> I, yeah. That has to be yeah. one of the probably the most satisf satisfying ways of revenge. But like that had to be the scariest moment in Harry's life. Oh yeah. Could you and then I kept thinking like while watching this I was like if I was in this situation dog I'd be flipping out. Yeah. Like, do you think you could wiggle out of there? I mean, you could, but it would take a while. I'd make it happen. Because you can, like, keep spinning your, yeah. you know, arm until... You make a hole or something? Yeah. So, I mean, you could probably eventually do it, but it would take a very, very long time. I don't know if you would have enough time to get out of it. Before the tide came in, you know? Yeah. Then he brings the TV to Harry and leaves him. So he brings him the TV, says, oh, she's buried down the beach, <laughs> blah, 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 and explains what he's doing. Yeah. Just the extra amount of fear you now have. You're already terrified from being buried in a hole. So close to the water, I might add. Which, note, I'm scared of the fucking ocean. That too. And I would be... Listen, I don't care. I don't care. I'd be getting out of that hole. Especially if I saw somebody I love on the TV. Echo. I, bro, if it's Echo, <laughs> I'm Hulk smashing out of this hole. <laughs> and I'm fucking sprinting to that dog. So he brings the TV. And he sets up a camera to record Harry's side. While he's recording Rebecca's side. Or in your case, Echo's. That was me and Echo, dog. Poof. <laughs> poof, poof, poof. Right so out of that just hole. think you're buried in a hole you have no idea where echo is i'd shit he's in your mind he's kidnapped somewhere right and then all of a sudden the dude who just made you bury yourself in a hole brings the tv and a camera sets it all up and all of a sudden you see echo on the tv buried yep. wiggling his fat head no, around no no I'd start screaming at the top of my lungs. Just imagine the new level of fear you would feel. I would have more anger. Well, yeah, but, but that's I'd be terrifying. Scared, but I would be so pissed. I know. I'd be getting the hell out of there. I'd yeah. be like, where's my son? <laughs> where's my son? And then he's starting to drown. He can't hold his breath long oh, enough. Stop! Quit. Oh, I thought you were talking about Echo. I was like, no, don't no, say the, that. The next part of the movie. He's starting to drown, and he's recording them at the same time, so your your death is becoming an amusement for somebody who's a psychopath. All because, I mean, yeah, you were sleeping with his wife, but like, kind of seems like overkill. You know? Yeah. It's kind of weird. Well, but that guy's but, crazy. Yeah, psychopath. But... He's starting to drown and he's recording them. And it's kind of like a new moment where he's just sitting there underwater. His whole head's underwater and he's 
But he, I don't think he took a breath before that big wave came in or whatever. That was intense. Yeah, like, just... Seeing if you can feel yourself uh, sitting uh, in that beach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The I don't feeling. Do it. I don't want to do it. Yeah, the feeling of being in that situation's off the charts. See, sometimes I watch things and I'm like, I won't be in that situation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. I, yeah, I do that to a lot of things I watch. I'm like, I will fight. Till the le- I will fight, scream, kick. Punch. I will poop my pants if I have to. <laughs> Not only that, I, me personally, I would have my my own gun on me. I would do anything not to end up in stupid situations like that. Right. And then uh, Richard starts hearing his name, and he's getting stalked by the mermaid people. Yeah. Whatever you want to call them, the dead bodies of Harry and Rebecca. That was insane. It's just, it's that's like a different level of, like, horror. Yeah. You murdered these two people, and then they came back to life, and were like, Hey! Yeah, like, calling out your name. We're gonna kill you. Opening the door on the, you know, the TVs or whatever, where they were, uh, being recorded and yeah. stuff. That's that's a different level of fear. Oh yeah. It's just so weird cuz you just murdered these two people and then all of a sudden they're you, back. Yeah, they're back, but you also hear them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they're chasing Richard through his house, which is weird but also funny at the same time. Like the way he's running. He's, like, shooting them, and nothing's happening. It's just, like, the watery blood is just pouring yeah, out. Yeah, gross. Like, disgusting. And I always laughed at the um, the point where he pulls back his army, throws the gun at him. Yeah. I always thought that that was hilarious. I don't know why. But uh, they get their revenge by burying him in the, in the beach, and... Well, effectively killing him, but doing what he did to them. As they should. As they should, right back to him. Which yep. He deserved it. So what I really liked, there's also an alternate ending, ending that I'm going to read for Fear Facts. But what I really liked about this one is, like, the creepy vibe of it. Uh-huh. Like, the feeling of how intensely scary this is. Yeah, this one was a little more, like... This one was actually, like, legit terrifying. Like, the the other ones are creepy and weird and stuff, but, like... If this happened in real life, it would be the worst one. Right. What do you like about that one? Uh, yeah, very eerie and... Definitely made me appreciate being above sand. Yeah, exactly. And not by the ocean. Above sea level. Yeah. Okay, so the next one is the crate, which is actually my favorite one. This is actually my favorite story out of Uh all five. So we'll start off with the janitor finding the crate by accident. Uh I always thought that was funny. He flips the coin and it lands and rolls under and he just so happens upon the crate, which I thought, I always thought that was a cool way to start. It's also kind of a funny way of like, Finding finding the murderous crate. Yeah. 
it's just like, like what oh, are the odds? I, I needed this quarter for the Coke machine. <laughs> like, that's why you found that's it. That's all that it was. And uh, Billy was a big pain in the ass. Yeah. The most annoying part of this story, yeah. which she's supposed to be, so that's... She she did good. She did a good job. Right. Then there's that discussion between uh, the the professor and the janitor uh -huh. on the phone. They're talking about the crate. And he's like, oh, it's probably just magazines. Yeah. But did they make it in 1834? It's like, no, they didn't. So yeah. this might actually be something cool. And I like how he was like, huh. 1834 you say maybe i should come check us yeah. out like it was just so cool to see them interact with each other that way and he's just like so taken by the information that yeah. he's just like huh maybe I'm gonna check this out i, I want to see this and then there's the first fantasy about killing billy pretty sure everyone at that party has that yeah fantasy I had that fantasy. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, please shut up. Shut up. You're so annoying. But, yeah, I was. I thought that those fantasies were really funny. Yeah, me too. The pulling the crate out scene slash something moved. So, like, there's the scene where they're actually under the stairs, and they're pulling on the chains to get the crate out, and the thing inside keeps moving. Yeah. Which is weird. And I, I get it. Like, it's definitely, like, intriguing to want to know what's inside this crate and you just feel something moving. I'd want to know. I desperately want to know, but the thing is, how much? Yeah, if it's moving. But the thing is, you could have stopped right when it was a crack and shined the light in if you saw this creature thing. Put it back down. Put it back down. Call the police, you know? Yep. But uh, we'll move on to the second fantasy that he has about killing his wife. <laughs> which is, both of these fantasies are just like drumming up what happens to her at the uh -huh. end. So it's kind of like, it's making you hate her and understand his actions for later yeah, in the movie. Yeah, I like, and didn't trying to show you the, f the Trying to show you the fact that he... This is not the first time that he's thought about it, at oh, least. Oh, yeah. But they're opening the crate and they're hammering all the nails out and stuff. And he reaches in there. Yeah, he reaches into this box because he thinks there's... What did he say? Some sort of jewel in there. You're just shoving your arm into this weird crate. Yeah. Like How do you just shove your arm into that no sorry but not i ain't me. doing it not, not me. me won't catch me doing it and then he you know gets his arm caught which i'm not shoving my arm into just a random crate without knowing what's in it me either dude <laughs> i ain't doing it not through a tiny crack like that uh -uh. and then it falls forward and it starts to kill the janitor uh-huh when that door swings open and you see like the full creature yeah it has to be like one of the most intense parts of this this story uh -huh. it's just like oh what the fuck is, what that? is that look at its teeth it had like <laughs> four inch teeth. long teeth <laughs> i know and they're just fangs 
He just has like 30 fangs. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was. Could you imagine seeing that? Oh, that's disgusting. I'd probably fall over <laughs> and die. So he kills the janitor. And then the professor runs up the stairs. Dex runs up the stairs. And Charlie doesn't believe him. I always thought that that interaction was pretty funny. Yeah. He's like, I'm just going to go down and see how the land lays. <laughs> he's like, no, don't do it. No, I, I'm going to go do it. Yeah. And he's like, uh, it may be out of the crate. No, I, I doubt that. <laughs> he's just like, okay, we'll go okay. see for yourself. And learn your lesson. On that's what own. gets him killed. Yeah. Charlie now is eaten next by the crate creature, and you should have just believed him. Should have just listened. Listen, it, I know, I get it. Hearing about, you know, a monster in a crate story kind of seems far-fetched, but let me tell you right if now. If somebody says to me, I... I'm not, I don't need to fully believe them, but I'm also not going to completely think they're crazy either. Yeah. So he asked for Henry's help. He runs to his house because Charlie just died. And he's explaining the whole story like a psychopath. And telling him how people died and he has the boot in his hand. Yeah. And stuff. I just, I thought it was really funny that he like had the boot the whole time. Uh-huh. And uh, Henry goes to investigate the lab. Sees the blood everywhere. Sees the, sees the crate and whatnot. And he just starts cleaning it up. What a good friend this dude is. He's doing is. him a favor. Yeah. And he also... Ain't no thing. He also found a way out. Know what I mean? Uh-huh. He was like, okay, if Dex is telling the truth, and Dex doesn't lie to me, because we're best friends, I think I found a way out. Uh-huh. I think I found how to get rid of Billy. Uh-huh. I've already had fantasies about killing her. <laughs> Let's get her out. Let's do it. Let's do it. So... Billy finds the letter, and then he asks her to help him. He's like, "Hey, Dex I know beat you this say, girl. What would I do without you?" And this is just one of those reasons, like, "Come on, let's do it. Come help me. Come help me get this girl out of the." I need your help. I know. So it was. It was very easy to get her to come to the lab. Not that she should expect anything. Yeah. Because I guess she thinks he's, like, weak and stuff. Yeah. But, like, kind of, you're dumb for going, you know? And she finally gets there to the lab, and he attacks her, starts beating her off yeah. the, the crate, which I thought was really funny. I the thought way that was she's funny. Like, she's, like, banging her head back. <laughs> I just thought that was funny, but... He finally stands up for himself. Yeah, which is nice to see. Which is nice to see, and I also don't feel bad. And she gets eaten. You think for a moment there that he's... the Because we know the creature's in the crate. Yeah. You know? But for a split second, you're kind of like, is it full? Yeah. Or in, you know, Henry's case, he's like, Dex was lying to me. Yeah. Now I've got to explain this. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he comes out of the crate and eats her. He's just like, just ha- have him call you Billy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was like, yes, he got his revenge uh-huh. kind of moment. I was like, she was horrible. So I, I don't feel bad. The whole time, 
she was on screen. I was like, I could never be that way no. to anybody. Exactly. Ever. I was like, that's so mean. How can he be with somebody like that? So he gets rid of the crate, and they make up the story to be on the same page. I really like that scene because it was like... Henry was thanking Dex when he really didn't do anything. I mean, he admitted to feeding it Billy. Yeah. But, like, he didn't kill her. Yeah. He also didn't help her. But, like, he's kind Which of, like... happened. He's taking the blame. Henry is. And he's like, Dex, I need you. I'm gonna take the blame for this, but, like, you need to help me out here. You yeah. need to kind of if anyone asks where anybody went you need this is the story you have to give them which was like okay get on the same same card you know yeah everyone who knows about the crate is either dead or one of those two which is fair yeah <laughs> that's fair, fair. <laughs> and billy's out of the picture too yeah. so we're fine we're good and then it starts to break out of the crate in the bottom of the quarry so what happens next who done it? Who done it? But I really liked that the vibe of this story was like similar to like a slasher film. Yeah, it was. I really that's what I really liked about this story. And that that's actually why it's my favorite. It's like the vibe of it is like everyone's dying for no truly particular reason except yeah. other than the, the fact that he's hungry. The the creature's hungry, you know. So what did you like about that one? I thought the flashbacks were kind of trippy. Yeah. Like when he shot her in the forehead. <laughs> the the uh, the fantasies or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yes, and then uh, that's what I meant. And everybody just started clapping. I was like, <laughs> "What the yeah. fuck?" The the comedy aspect of this entire movie, of all five stories, was pretty excellent. Yeah, it was pretty good. So, on to the fifth and final story. They're creeping up on you. This one's about the roaches. It's gross. So it starts off to this dude, Upson Pratt. Immediately we find out that he's a germaphobe. Which is probably Relatable. which is probably what you would be if you had the money for an apartment, like a glass bubble. <laughs> <laughs> and uh can only He's also a dick. No also other way to, relatable. <laughs> no other way to say it other than he's just a giant asshole. Yeah. That's it. Plain and simple. And he's haunted, quotations, by these roaches because he kills one. It comes back and they show up in weird places. And, like, it's because he hates them so much that he... I guess is the reason why I said that he's haunted by them. Yeah. You know? And the wife called. So he took over this dude's company and he killed himself because of Upson Pratt taking over his company. And then his wife calls his widow calls and was like i hope you get cancer in the worst place, <laughs> <In> <laughs> the the, worst place. <laughs> it was just 
It's awful. Like, you could hear, like, the, you know, pain in her voice, but yeah. it was just, like, funny. That she was like, I hope you die. I hope they keep hell hot for you. And, like, her her threats and stuff were just yeah. really funny. But they were. He finds the roaches in the food. I don't care how much of a germaphobe I am. If I saw roaches in my food, I am running. I'm out. Straight to the elevator. I'm out. Out the door. Cause I Goodbye. No, I couldn't handle that. Yeah. I couldn't handle that now, let alone if I was a germaphobe like he was. Out the door. Then there's that moment where the roaches are just coming out of everywhere. Disgusting. Like they're coming out of the jukebox back up the the air drain thingy like they're coming from everywhere and he has like nowhere to go and he's just like stomping on them and shaking them off his robe and stuff and he runs to the panic room I feel you uh, I would love a panic room but I mean him being freaked out by the roaches like that yeah do you see the size of some of those yeah that's gross I die Yuck. And then, this is where he gets his punishment. This is where the roaches end up killing him. And it's well-deserved. He was a dick to everybody in this movie, in this story. Yeah. But just the roaches coming out of his skin like that is <laughs> disgusting. The way they did that was really, really good. The effects were, were good with this one. Exactly. And then there was the garbage man and the voodoo doll part. Yeah. I'm just going to throw it into this story because it's basically right after. I thought the, the garbage men were really funny to each other. What is that? Comic book. What is that? Comic book. What? Comic book. A comic book. <laughs> it's just their interaction. The dude with the headphones uh-huh. is Tom Savini. Who uh, is that? From Dust Till Dawn. Did you watch that movie? No. He's the he's a very good um, special ma- like a makeup artist. Oh, okay. He's extremely okay. extremely good at like all kinds of like special effects type stuff, and he's in a lot of horror movies. Uh-huh. They put him in in like a small part because he's also working on the special effects for the movie. But then there's the voodoo doll. They find the garbage man find it was cut out, and then it like goes to the boy and he has it in his hand. Yeah. So he he sent for it, and he's like stabbing his dad in the throat and the neck and. It's crazy. I know. And then Icky. the boy gets his revenge by you know torturing his father for being such a dick to dick to him all the time. Yeah. Which is understandable. He was just being a dick for no reason. But uh, what I really liked about that one was the creepy and like disgusting nature of it. I was going to say the same thing, that it was just fucking gross. It was gross. It did a good job of it really did. Uh, freaking you out. Right. So, let's get into the fear facts here. The first one is that Leslie, who's the older guy in the Tide You Over, he was... On set, he was all, you know, business. Yeah. He was very serious about acting and stuff. But he also kept the fart machine in his pocket. Oh, my God. And right whenever uh, George Romero would 
yell action, he would set off the fart machine and make everyone crack up laughing. Oh my god, that's great. <laughs> he kind of seems like like a, yeah. a he would be a serious dude, but then he would also try to make you laugh. So for Father's Day, they used Rice Krispies for the maggots in his face. Yeah, which is actually pretty clever. They they actually looked pretty real. You know? Yep. Get off the subject. <laughs> but it was just cool how they... Yeah, the effects were good. Exactly. The effects were really good. It was cool how they used something that, even especially back then, was very, very cheap to get and or make. It's just a Rice crispy. It's pretty cool. The marble ashtray that Bedelia kills her father with is in all five stories, and I have all five. The marble ashtray is featured in all five film segments if you look closely. Father's Day, obvious, it, it's the murder weapon. Then, Jordy Verrill, it's next to the cash box at the Department of Meteors. Oh. In the college professor's room. And then for something to tide you over, it's on the nightstand next to Richard's bed. In the crate, it's on the writing desk when Henry writes the letter to Billy. They're creeping up on you. It's the soap dish oh, when okay. he throws the soap into there. And there's all. It's also in the wraparound story, which is with the little boy. It's on Billy's desk when he first starts stabbing the voodoo doll. That's pretty cool. So they they used it in every scene, which is really, like you said, really cool. The crate creature? Yeah. Its name is Fluffy. Aww. And it's the very first animatronic that Tom Savini worked on ever. Oh, wow. And he actually became, like, really famous in the special effects department, uh -huh. I guess you could say. Later, like today, he's super famous and everyone wants him to be, you know, uh do their special effects yeah he's that dude he's that dude and then as i was saying earlier it's also like my last time or my last uh fear fact is the alternate ending that i told you about earlier so the alternate ending was scripted but then rewritten it was it was two policemen coming to investigate Richard's panicky but true claims of Harry and Becky invading his beach house. When the policemen predictably laugh at his story, thinking he's drunk, Richard attempts to prove this by showing them camera footage of both undead stalkers. Instead, the television plays his incriminating conversation with Harry before and during the latter's burial by the sea. Richard protests that he's been set up, that this is the wrong tape. Oh, it's the right tape, all right, pal, the police answer. And speaking of rights, they arrest him. The film smash cuts from there to Richard's murder trial. He is convicted and sentenced to death row. Another smash cut finds Richard in the gas chamber, laughing hysterically even while his life is being choked out of him. I can hold my breath for a long, long time. I think that the ending they went with is better, but that is Still also pretty a pretty cool. cool ending. Yeah. It would have been satisfying to see, 
like him get go through the murder trial and stuff and get the gas chamber and stuff but i also liked the ending they eventually ended up with i do too so do you have anything that you want to say before we wrap it up nope just that this was really cool when i like i've always loved this movie five little stories yeah i've always loved this movie i actually have the comic book upstairs somewhere i figured you did and uh like i said i always loved this movie we saw it when we were kids and we've (laughs) kept watching it (laughs) ever since and it's not even like that bad of a movie you know it's uh I don't know. It's it's a pretty good horror movie, yeah, I think. Yeah, For an 80s movie, the the effects were top-notch. I mean, it was yeah. Stephen King and George Romero, so it makes sense. But Greg Nicotero, I also think, was working on some of the makeup. He did the makeup for Walking Dead. Oh, cool. I think maybe it was the show. I can't remember, but Greg Nicotero had something to do with this. But, yeah, so... What do you rate this out of ten? Like a probably like a seven. I gave it an eight because yeah. it's like you said, the combination of five different stories. I really liked I like that. The way that they did those stories on the screen. And I also liked obviously the writing that uh-huh. was based off of Stephen King's writing. Uh yeah, so that's our third movie for the month of my birthday and holla holla (laughs) and the next movie is one of my favorite kind of not so great movies kind of like corny Uh, we'll we'll just watch it it's called humanoids from the deep sick it should be on shutter sick but it's actually one of my favorite not so great movies i think it's from the 70s 80s era and like you can like see a zipper in one of the costumes and like it's not it's, it's not probably gonna be good it's not a great movie but as far as not great movies it's really good yeah and that's kind of my favorite horror is like the old not the 70s best. 80s yeah. like just borderline good yeah it's like riding the line of between bad and good i, I like really it. like those movies i like those vibes so if that's all you got that's all i got that's all i have we'll catch you next week with humanoids from the deep catch you later just kidding we forgot the question uh who was born at 6 a.m on the sixth day of the sixth month let us know peeps let us know and now once again and now we'll actually catch you later.